0: Let's take our Bibles tonight and go to Ephesians chapter 2, and we'll be jumping around a little bit, but that'll be one of the first places we go to in Ephesians chapter 2. I always find interesting in our church, everybody's got their spot, doesn't matter what spot is open, but they got to find their spot. A lot of bookends in our church, got to sit on the very end of the bench, but can't go to the middle, um, I just, I got to point that out, and then left side Baptist church, only got a few over here tonight, right side Baptist church, a little bit a little bit full, and uh, central Baptist church is empty tonight, but uh, um, Got a point and we're going to, have to start hiding like money underneath the front pews just to see um, or maybe some food it's a Baptist church I mean put some food up there in the front row and put a sign that it's okay to eat in the front row but um, uh, we've been speaking on forgiveness the last couple Sunday nights uh, a few weeks ago and uh, there was that research uh, group uh, the Barnard Research that had asked some questions on forgiveness and some statements that we had made and uh, we looked at a couple weeks ago we put forgiveness on trial and I wanted to make uh, mention that most of the things we were talking about was all wrong, but at the same time as we were going over it, uh, many times my own life, my own pride and bitterness creeps in and I can adapt to some of those thoughts and say, oh, that actually makes kind of sense and uh, I'm gonna harbor that and, and uh, hang on to that unforgiveness. Uh, but some of the phrases that were, were um, but we'll be breaking them down into some categories and the first one I'd like to look at tonight uh, on this um, series of The Power of Forgiveness. And I just, I stop and I think again uh, what we've been saying over the last several weeks. When you stop and think, as a child of God, if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, what you have been forgiven of, um, it's just, I, I'm just amazed every day um, that the Lord will ever love somebody like me in spite of who I am, in spite of the sin um, that I have in my life that I deal with. And um, and it's just, it's amazing that um even though um, Christ has forgiven me, he died for me, uh, he hung on that cross knowing that I'd sin again even after I got saved. And I'm just so thankful for his love and forgiveness, and uh, I do, I I would be probably the first one, hopefully other people would say them as well, but I do abuse that grace, and I don't wanna do that, um, and my flesh uh, abuses that grace, and so we'll look at uh, forgiveness. And the first topic tonight, and I did not do a handout because I did not wanna confuse you, Um, At the very end, we'll have uh, the application, uh, and you don't even need to take notes tonight. If you do, uh, congratulations, I would love to see your notes after I'm done, because I could probably use that next time, Um, but I want to look at several things tonight, and the first area would be forgiveness and repentance, and the phrase was, you cannot honestly forgive someone unless that person shows some remorse for what they did, and uh, there was a percentage that agreed and disagreed with that, and uh, I I can say... That has been me in my life with some people that have maybe offended me. Um, and I said, they don't show any type of remorse, right? Uh, maybe, maybe just even bringing it back to my siblings, when our siblings uh, would fight with one another and mom and dad would make us say sorry. And uh, you know it was one of those, well, I'm, I'm sorry. And it didn't really mean it, right? Or now you've got to prove that you're sorry. Uh, there was no remorse. Uh, but it's up to us whether we abuse <laughs> that gift of forgiveness or not, and it's also up to our offender whether he abuses our forgiveness towards him. And uh, I do want to just make mention um, that uh, there's a couple things uh, that we looked at last week, okay, that, um, that we poked holes in, and again, this is just for, by way of review. Uh, one of the faulty arguments that people use to support that, but forgiveness needs to be earned. Uh, and let me ask you a question, your forgiveness that you have tonight, could you earn that could not earn that Um, how about this can you honestly forgive someone who is completely unaware that they've hurt you that's tough when you start to stop and think about maybe someone that's hurt you maybe it was on purpose maybe it was on accident, but they're completely unaware can you forgive someone that doesn't even know that they've hurt you Um, how about this unmoved by the fact that they've offended you I've shared that testimony with you before I'm sure but uh, the time that someone had offended me and I decided I was going to go and say sorry for what I did, even though I didn't think I was wrong, expecting for them to say, no, 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 Caleb, I'm sorry. So that way I can walk away feeling better. And what happened? Do you remember the story? I went there and I said sorry. And they said, that's OK. We forgive you. And I was like, wait a minute. So how, did I, how did I get into this? I had the wrong attitude there. Um, but how do you forgive someone that's completely unmoved by the fact that they've offended you? How do you forgive someone that's unwilling to admit their mistake? Tell you what. Um, I'm stubborn, I, can, I could be unwilling to admit that I've made a mistake. But how frustrating it is, <laughs> um, And maybe in, probably more times than the other way around, I've been the one unwilling to admit a mistake. But just even just in conversation, you're trying to explain something to somebody and there's confusion there, or someone's not willing to admit that they're wrong and you're right or whatever. It gets, you get fired up and you get kind of upset and, and, uh, and probably do more damage than good. Sometimes it's better just to be like, okay, <laughs> let's walk away from that one. Uh, But how do you forgive someone unwilling to admit that they're even wrong? How about unable to ask forgiveness because they're no longer around? Maybe they've passed on, and you can't uh, have that person say to you, I'm sorry for what I've done to you. Um, And so we looked at forgiveness needs to be earned. Uh, Ephesians 2, you're there, verses 8 and 9. Uh, Probably my favorite verses here in Ephesians 2. For by grace are you saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Uh, that gift, obviously talking about the eternal salvation that that Jesus Christ's sacrifice brings to us. But you think about what you've been forgiven and you've been granted that forgiveness. You too have an opportunity to grant that same type of forgiveness, not in a eternally speaking, but here, uh, temporarily you can forgive one another. Um, Some people will use this and they'll say uh, that those that um, forgive their offender before they even show remorse. Um, maybe they could say that um, they're wearing almost like a, a kick, kick me sign. Have you ever done that? Put a sign on the back of your friend that says kick me and everybody goes, am I the only one? Anybody ever done that? I guess that was a long time ago. I did it to my sisters and they got in trouble for that. But, uh, but we are uh, what is being overlooked with this kind of thinking is the very nature of grace itself, right? Grace is what? It's a deliberate decision to give something good to someone who doesn't deserve it. And that's what we have as a child of God. We have grace. We do not deserve that. Um, And I think about how God still chose to take the risk with me knowing that I would abuse that grace. Um, Romans 5.20 says, moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. I love that phrase. Where sin was, there was so much more grace. Uh, another another uh, favorite that, passage there in Romans chapter 6, verses 1 and 2, it says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? What's it say next? God forbid. How shall we that we are dead to sin live any longer therein? And so with that, with that in mind, if you are in Christ, you are dead to sin. And so if you're in Christ, we should be offering that forgiveness. So when we say, somebody says, well, they need to earn that forgiveness. They need to prove that they're really sorry. No. That's unscriptural, which leads me to number two, forgiving an unrepentant person is unscriptural. We talked about this two weeks ago, uh, that people will use this as an argument. Um, can I just say this? I'm reminded of Romans 5.8, where it says, But God commendeth his love toward us, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And so people can use this as a, uh, an argument to say they demand repentance before offering forgiveness. Uh, And they'll say that, well, God, it requires us to acknowledge our sin before he forgives us. And we are to forgive others the same way God is forgiven, right? Is That seems logical. Um, It's wrong because there's a difference between receiving forgiveness and granting forgiveness. Okay, the issue of repentance is important to receiving forgiveness, but totally irrelevant to granting forgiveness. So with that being said, this is what I want to say. God offered us forgiveness before we even asked for it. Think about that. He was the one that was offended. I was the offender. But we must repent before we can receive the forgiveness because we are the offending party. And I'm thankful that um, God's uh, forgiveness is unconditional and it's eternal. But with that, all, saying all that to say this is (laughs) when you stop and you think about what you've been forgiven and God sent his very own son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for you. Uh, it says, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. And you think about what he did before you even existed. He knew you'd exist, but before you even committed your first sin, he offered that forgiveness toward uh, to you and for the whole world. Whether our offender repents or not, it's not between uh, it, it, it's, uh, it, it's between them and God. Don't let their wrong issue okay become an issue between you and God. We need to Grant that forgiveness. Have you ever heard this phrase? Maybe you've said this, or maybe someone said it to you. But you went up to somebody and you said, I'm so sorry. And maybe they said this. That's okay. I've already forgiven you. Uh, Maybe you've said that. Maybe you've um, had somebody say that to you. And um, that's literally what salvation is. He's already forgiven us, but we have to accept that gift of salvation. Um, How about this? Moving on, not only forgiveness and repentance, but forgiveness and consequences. The other phrase there was, if you really forgive someone... You would want that person to be released from their consequences of their actions. Uh, we'll get there in just a moment, but take your Bibles and go to Romans 12. We'll be there in just a moment. Go to Romans 12. We'll look at a, a verse there. One of the greatest, probably, barriers for forgiveness is this, under, uh, this myth that forgiving someone automatically frees them from any consequences of their actions. Okay? This misunderstanding makes many people hesitant to forgive, uh, and they think it's going, and really, it, they begin to root up that that bitterness. Um, how about this? When you got saved, did all of your consequences of sin go away? Now your eternal consequence went away, but there are some consequences here. What is what is one of the consequences that happened when sin entered into this world? Death. Okay. Um, if the Lord tarries and is coming, all of us are going to experience death okay there's still a consequence of that sin now praise the lord uh the eternal death because of what jesus christ has done that second death we don't have to experience that if you've asked jesus christ to come to your heart and save you uh, from that but there's still some temporal consequences of sin i think about just man just the 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 pain and the, the things that you can go through here physically Uh, some things that uh, there's still some consequences of sin. We could do, you could do a whole study on that, just the consequences that our sins still have um, um, just here on this earth. But um, let let me illustrate it this way, okay? Please don't let your mind wander too much. These are just for examples. I don't really have anybody in mind when I give these examples, okay? Uh, But what about maybe a church treasurer who is caught embezzling funds from the weekly offerings? If he or she publicly confesses and pays the money back, then shouldn't the church restore him or her the position if they really have forgiven him? What about the convicted child molester who has paid his debt to society and now wants to work in the Sunday school department? Is the church really demonstrating forgiveness if they restrict him from working with children for the rest of his life? What about a murderer who gets saved on death row? If the victim's family has truly forgiven him for his crime, shouldn't they be petitioning the courts for his release from jail? Have they really forgiven him if they want his sentence to still be carried out? What about the Christian who became involved in a moral relationship but but is now repented? Uh, If the church leadership demands that he or she proves himself before being involved in any type of ministry, is that demonstrating an unforgiving spirit. Um, and that comes back to, does forgiveness automatically erase the consequences of our sin? The answer to this, we'll see here in Romans 12, uh, but there's, there's two words that we need to understand. And that's the words vengeance and justice. Okay, uh, Vengeance is the desire to see another person suffer for the pain they have caused the offended, The Bible consistently warns us about um, this kind of feeling in our hearts. It says here in Romans 12, uh, verse 19, it says this, Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay. Does it stop right there? No, what does it say? Saith the Lord. We like to say that. We like to stop right there and say, Vengeance is mine, I will repay. But here's what justice is. Justice is the payment, God, uh, or, or society might demand from someone because of a wrong they have committed against us or against society as a whole. While we are to avoid vengeance, the Bible teaches us to seek justice for those who have been wrong. I think of Isaiah 117, learn to do well, seek judgment, relieve the oppressed, judge the fathers, plead for the widow. Uh, God says, I'm, surrender, I'm supposed to surrender my desire, get this, I'm supposed to surrender my desire for vengeance, but it's up, it's up to God to be the administrator of that justice. Uh, and so with that in mind, uh, back to that uh, f- forgiveness and consequences. Uh, if you really forgive someone, should you want that person to be released from their consequences other actions? With that being said, it is, um, that is up to the Lord, how the Lord wants to deal with that. In my life, there's been some times that I wanted to give, uh, do the justice. Maybe I said something. Maybe I put somebody down. I didn't feel really good about that. In fact, I walked away, I was like, man, that was, that was not even my job to do. And um, it was, I did more damage uh, than I ever could do hurt. Uh, you think about consequences, okay? Consequences, uh, they promote uh, order in our society. You think about if there was no laws, no penalties, no red lights. Um, I actually kind of like that last one. If I could get all the green lights, that would be great. Uh, but consequences promote order. Uh, consequences serve as a deterrent to others. First Timothy 5.20 teaches us, "Them that sin rebuke before all that others also may fear. Uh, I think of many times in my own life of uh, maybe seeing um, somebody do something uh, that maybe you were not supposed to do and sitting back and watching and all of a sudden realizing, oh, that was not the smart thing to do. Uh, if I could tell you a funny story, I remember there was this time that, probably for about two minutes, my dad um entertained this thought there was this property that came uh, for sale in our area about an hour away and um, he wanted to I forget how many acres uh, but it was a he wanted to turn it into a Christian camp and my dad's name is David he wanted not he wanted to name it Camp David um, and not, not because of him but because David in the Bible and I remember we were exploring the land uh, to see to, to, to buy this land and it was like a fall day uh, there and uh, there was just a lot of leaves on the ground and I remember there's just this little tiny creek that we saw we thought it was tiny uh, but the bed of the creek on both sides was covered in leaves. And I told my dad, I'll just, I'll just jump across. And he says, no, let me go first. And we were arguing who was going to go first. And he went. And he jumped. And he landed. And I'm not kidding. He went like waist deep in water and mud. And as my dad was sitting there like laughing because he didn't want to cry, um, I said, boy, dad, I'm so glad that you went first. <laughs> And um, sometimes there's some consequences that come in, and uh, maybe you receive a consequence of somebody else, but that can be a deterrent to others. Not only does it promote order and uh, deterrent to others, but consequences prevent us from further disobedience. Um, With my kids, there are some consequences to their actions, and um, they know when they do something wrong, uh, and it's amazing how kids are so different. Um, Ryder, you could tell them no about 100 times, and it's like, bro, we just talked about this. This is not supposed to do I forgot. Um, Ryan, you could just look at him uh, when he does something wrong, and he just starts breaking down. Dad, I'm so sorry. I'll never do this again. Uh, Reagan is a whole other message. We'll do that some other time. And uh, Rowan can do no wrong. He's the baby. So, But uh, consequences prevent us from further disobedience. I think about uh, Psalm 119, And Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I've kept thy word. So we had forgiveness and repentance, forgiveness and consequences, and um, let me just say this. If you're struggling with hurts inflicted by someone else, it is our job to release our desire for vengeance and let God pursue the justice. Um, And moving on here to a word we've already heard tonight, but forgiveness and reconciliation. There was a phrase in that research that says, if you genuinely forgive someone, uh, genuinely forgive someone, you should rebuild a relationship with that person. Um, take your Bibles and let's look at um, oh, you're right there actually. Just stay right there in Romans 12. Um, but let's, let me ask you this. What if someone is hesitant to offer forgiveness to their offender because they have no desire to reestablish a relationship with that person? I can think of sometimes in my own life maybe I knew that I was parting ways with this person, wasn't going to see them a long time and, and it was almost like that enters your mind. I really don't need to forgive this person. I'll probably never see them again on this side of glory. Um, but you think about that, and it's like the Bible teaches that reconciliation is important. It's very important, uh, but it takes two people. Uh, forgiveness takes one person. Reconciliation takes two. Um, first, I believe that unity among believers testifies the, uh, uh, here in... Um, oh, man, I'm getting lost here. We, okay, to, we want unity... And uh, Romans 12, 18, you're right there. If, be, if it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. You think about the verse there in Amos 3:3. Can two walk together except they be agreed? The Bible teaches us that reconciliation is important, right? Forgiveness depends upon me. Reconciliation depends upon two. And so we need to understand that while reconciliation between Christians, really it's, it's preferred. That's something that we should seek reconciliation, but it's not always possible. Um, there are some, some situations that maybe sometimes they don't need to be reconciliation, but there still needs to be still needs to be forgiveness. Um, and this moves on. Let's move on to this um, this next one here. So we had forgiveness, and um, uh, we just did consequences. Now we're on to, uh, forgiveness, and I'm getting lost here. Reconciliation. Um, let me say this, and then we'll do forgiveness and forgetting, and then we'll get to the message here. Reconciliation doesn't happen overnight. It's not. A, it's not just. It's it's, it's not instantaneously. Um, that 's why our offenders uh, we, we, uh, if we are the ones who are offended, you can 't right uh, I, I remember many times uh, it just it, with people in my own life I, I said sorry it 's like man, I want that relationship right away. I want it back how it just was, but it takes time. Uh, I remember specifically uh, a time in uh, my, 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 uh, my uh, life with my wife, and there was something that happened, and I remember like almost asking her, and this time it wasn 't me that did the wrong thing. Um, but I remember just like asking her, like, "Well, like, how can we get past this?" You know, and I was kind of like turning the blinders on, like, "That's okay. I'm gonna completely forget what's going on and let's just move forward." And she said this phrase, Caleb. I feel like I've been stabbed, and you're saying let's keep going, but it's like I'm still bleeding. I need, to, I need to heal. I need to get some healing, um, and that's why it's so important to uh, take time and ask the Lord to reflect on her heart and say, "I need, I need healing, Lord. I need to uh, have some reconciliation." It takes proper healing takes time. If you try to rush it. You could re-injure it. Uh, forgiveness and forgetting. This is all review, and then we'll get to the message. If you, this is the phrase they use. If you've really forgiven someone, you should be able to forget what they've done to you. Let's take our Bibles. I want you to see this. Jeremiah 31. Jeremiah chapter 31. Contrary to what many people believe, forgetting is not really a test of genuine forgiveness, okay? Attempting to force somebody to forget a hurt can really result in having bitterness or guilt. Uh, But look at this in Jeremiah 31. I want you to um, see that last phrase there at the end of the verse. Um, It says, for I will forgive their iniquity, and I will, what's that word? Remember their sin, what? No more. Jeremiah 31, 34, I'm sorry. For I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sin no more. Does that say that our our Heavenly Father has forgotten our sins? He's going to remember them no more. And I want you to jump over here real quick. 2 Corinthians 5.10, I want you to see this as well. Second Corinthians 5.10 says, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in his body according that uh, to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Um, I want to take those verses and say, and bring out a couple truths to this, that this means that you know, God is obviously going to remember our bad deeds in a literal sense, but get this, he's not going to remember them in a judicial sense because of what Jesus Christ has done, what he's paid for us on that cross, if he accepted that gift. Uh, he's chosen to eternally erase the consequences of the actions that we've repented of. Uh, there's still some consequences here on this earth, but eternally, because of Jesus Christ, there is no uh, eternal consequences for those sins. Praise the Lord for that. Romans 4 uh, teaches us, saying, Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. Uh, you think about this. Um, your memory, uh, it's amazing. The things that I want to remember, I can't remember. And the things I don't want to remember, I remember. Uh, it's, it's amazing, just even some... The, those old, like, commercials that I didn't, even, I, was, I didn't even watch the commercials but the tunes on and you know, those, those jingles they had stuck in my head. But it's like, how come I can't remember this Bible verse that I'm trying to remember right now? It's an amazing. You're, but forgetting is a function of the brain, okay? I've got this on the Internet, so we know this is true. Um, forgiving is a function of the uh, spirit. Here's the, the, our brain is capable of storing at least 600 memories a second. I don't know if I could do one, but again, this was on the internet. 1.5 trillion bits of information in a 75 year lifespan. Um, Maybe I don't have a bad bad memory. Maybe I'm just running out of room is what it is. I need to upgrade my memory. Although we may not be able to recall certain events in our life, those experiences are nevertheless permanently recorded in our memory, okay? So there's some things that maybe are there, but we just cannot remember. we forget, and again, the things I want to forget, I can't forget. And so here's, here's the message. Here's a, a challenge to you, uh, but then also a way that we can move forward. Um, I Please don't misunderstand me. I, I, I don't uh, want to live in the past. I don't want to think about uh, what the, uh, all the things that maybe I've done that I'm not proud of in my past. But there are some times that we need to remember our past, our past failures because it causes us, number one, to express gratitude to God to express gratitude to God. You think about, again, I've said it many times through these uh, messages, think about what the Lord has forgiven you. And I'm so thankful that he would ever save somebody like me. Not only does it help us to remember uh, to express gratitude to God, but also to extinguish pride within ourselves. To extinguish pride within ourselves. (sighs) This is last week. Uh, There was something that was brought up And uh, it was one of those things I thought I had already gotten the victory over, and it was brought up, and all of a sudden I was feeling a little bit of, um, I guess you could say anger, maybe some wrath, and none of it was justified. I remember just being frustrated, frustrated with it. Um, And then I got onto a conversation with someone. I said, you know what, when I actually start to think about The sin in my own life that I can't get uh, that I that I continue to go back to, and I think I I know that I'm not going to get any satisfaction from this. I know that I'm not going to be be right in this situation, but I let my pride creep in, and I think that I know what I'm doing in this, and then it's I fall flat on my face, and then I think about it's like man, I can't even I don't even have time. Don't misunderstand me, I don't even have time. To think about everybody else, I don't have time to think about this person over what they're doing over here and what maybe what sin they have, or I, I see what something they're dealing with on the outside. And say, oh yeah, that's a terrible person. I don't have any time because it's like, Man, what, 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 what do I, what am I dealing with? Lord, help me to extinguish the pride in myself, and I can let pride creep in, and I can start to look all around, and I can start to start, uh, be so outwardly focused that I'm stop, stopping to look on the inside. And say, Lord, cleanse me. I am wicked. I am undone. I am unrighteous. Lord, only you. Righteous, how many keep my eyes on Christ, not the things that are around me? Remembering our past failures can cause us to express gratitude to God, extinguish the pride in ourselves. And here's number three: under this, extend grace to others. Extend grace to others. You think about how much grace the Lord has given to you. I just, I. Why can't I extend grace to other people? Why can't I forgive? Why can't I forgive the person? Oh, well, they said this, and they lied about it. I can take you to a place where someone said something to me that was very hurtful, and at the end of the conversation, they said, if you ever told anybody that I said that, I would deny it to my grave. I remember being like, well, isn't that lying? You know what? Even if that person never says sorry, I need to forgive that person. Because how many times... If I've wronged my Savior, and i abuse his grace, and I can't, forg- I can't extend that grace to other people. Remembering our past failures can help us express gratitude to God, extinguish that pride in ourselves, and extend grace to other people. How can I handle memories of a past hurt? Number one, <laughs> recall your own failures. Recall your own failures, the time that you've hurt somebody. Maybe you didn't even do it on purpose. Something you said, something you didn't say, you've hurt someone. Not only recall your own failures, but number two, remember, we are supposed to forgive. We are supposed to forgive. Several weeks ago, I said, sometimes we can't offer forgiveness maybe because we don't truly understand what we've been forgiven of. And I believe that you know this world, they can forgive, but only the Christian really understands what forgiveness really is. And if we understand what it is, why are we sometimes the ones that don't show the most forgiveness? Uh, recall your own failures. Remember, remember we are supposed to forgive. Number three, realize that healing takes time. And I don't know what you're going through tonight. Maybe there's something that has been brought to your mind that's something that's really hurts you. Maybe you're the offended, maybe you're the offender. And if I could just end with this illustration, and we're gonna end early tonight. Uh, Corey Ten Boom, the uh, author of The Hiding Place had been unable to forget uh, something that was committed to her while she had been a prisoner in the concentration camp in World War II. For years, she was robbed of sleep just thinking about the event. She finally sought counsel from her pastor who said, up in that church tower is a bell which is rung by pulling on a rope. But do you know what? After that person lets go of the rope, the bell keeps swinging for a little bit. First a ding, then a dong. It gets slower and slower until there's a final dong and it stops. The same thing is true of forgiveness when we forgive we take our hand off the rope but what we've been tugging at uh, but what we've been tugging at our grievances for a long time we shouldn't be surprised if that uh, the angry thoughts keep coming in for a while that those dings and the dongs are slowly slowing down but once the force your will has gone out of them the thoughts will diminish in frequency and intensity and he said this let go of the rope through forgiveness I don't know what it is in your life, but again, when I stop to think about what I've been forgiven of, it's so hard not to forgive one another. And I want to live peaceably with all men. Uh, I want to strive for unity uh, with my my church family, with those that I believe uh, believe with. I want to strive for that. But how many times do I just overlook this area of forgiveness and say, "I've been forgiven. I'm okay." Just like we talked about several weeks ago, that unforgiving servant who was forgiven such a great debt and went out and found someone who owed him just a little bit and threw that person in jail. And uh, we read that, we think, man, how foolish, how foolish am I that I can't let go of that bitterness and I can't just forgive. Um, And I just wanna challenge you tonight on those several of those areas tonight. Man, you just think about, and you look back, man. I wanna be so thankful, express my gratitude to God, extinguish that pride in myself, extend grace to others. I need to recall my own failures and remember my decision to forgive. And realize that healing takes time. And ask the Lord to help you. He's going to give you the victory over that. He wants to help you. Uh, the, one of the verses that the kids are learning, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Take your burdens to the Lord. It's so amazing when I can go to the Lord and I can bring these things to him. And I was, <laughs> I think about this too. How many times do I go to the Lord and I ask him for this? And I ask him for this? And I ask for his help on this? When was the last time that you just went to the Lord and you said, Lord, I'm going to be quiet for a little bit? I'm just gonna remember all the good and all the blessings that you've brought into my life. And Lord, instead of me asking you for all these things, can I ask you this? Can you change me? Can you change me to be more like you? And uh, thank the Lord for what all he's done in your life. And maybe right now you're sitting here, Caleb, you have no idea what I'm going through. Uh, I don't feel like there's been a lot of good things in my life. Uh, that's the devil that's trying to discourage you. He's trying to whisper in your ear. I can't tell you how many people I've talked about and uh, talked to, and the phrase always comes up: "If God really loved me, why did He let this happen?" That's exactly what the devil wants you to believe. I wanted to go back and say, huh, if Lord, you know, think about how what the Lord has done for me. How I don't know why He, I don't know why He loves me. He loves me in spite of who I am, and I want to strive to be more like Him each and every day." Church family, can I just challenge you in this area of forgiveness? Let's extend that grace to others. And I know many of you probably are going through maybe some major hurts. He so Caleb, you have no idea. It's easy to say it. It's another thing to actually do it. And let the Lord help us strive to forgive one another. Uh, be kind one to another, forgiving one another. Why? Because for Christ's sake, he's forgiven us. Let's